This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge. When you hear that sound, you know you're listening to the Purge Pod. Welcome back to another episode of the Purge Pod. This week's Hold on. First, before we do this, like everyone in the league can calm the fuck down. It was Thanksgiving. <laughs> all right. Like we had a lot of stuff going on. We were traveling like it was in an intense week of just a ton of salty food, a ton of drinks. Like we thought we might have been able to record. That was aspirational, especially given your health, Johnny, and what happened yeah. to you. And I was just in literally 15 degree weather. Um, so you all can eat shit. <laughs> Um, yeah. but this Ravenous episode listeners. is plain. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're, we're doing something that people want to hear. I give the people what they want, but I, come I love on. you guys, but calm the fuck down. Okay. It's been a week. People are saying that we're canceled. This, it's ridiculous. This week's was based off of planes, trains, and automobiles, a classic movie, which Johnny, before, before I said we were going to do this episode had you seen this before this movie i'd seen this movie okay. i know my caddyshack admission has we're gonna have to get you to ripples like through the the the, little, the followers that believe in us i think a lot of people down with that i had seen this only probably once or twice had to rewatch it not holding up too well to the to 2020s not just a weird overall premise and the ending we can get into is is ludicrous the way that movie ends when- in the last Two minutes is wild. I want to say this is 80s. 89, I want to say. Let's see. A good job of portraying travel in the 80s, though. I will say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Released in IMDb. Why are you failing me? Okay. John, I feel like you just type well, in planes, trains, and it'll just be right there. I, it's what I ta- 87. Run the dot, TJ. Let's Look job. at that. Look at that. So... Yeah, a lot of stuff yeah. in Bodo. Also, there's an appreciation. This movie is an hour and like 20 minutes long. It's short. Like, I love it. I love that yeah, they made short, movies that very were short. Really short back then in the day. Um, Regular the comedies with, of the day, right? You, yeah, that was definitely the, in the in that time period. A comedy movie was hardly ever over an hour and a half, right? It was You were in and out. It was just for fun. But yeah, it doesn't hold up with today's. There's just a lot of weird things in it. Like the... the they get mugged, and that just happens. And then there's nothing else to talk about with that one scene. <laughs> it just goes away. Also, he's carrying $900 in cash on him, just randomly on a whim. <laughs> just, what is happening? John Candy oh. at it. John Candy at his absolute best. Um, we'll get into the awards in mm-hmm. just a bit, but let's do, let's do a standings update. We had a, a, an interesting week in the, during the Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I love the idea of, of this Friday night game after Thanksgiving. Keep doing that. More games. Oh, yeah. So what's, where are we at now based off what happened last week and what are we looking forward to because we're a few weeks away from football playoffs? So you, since our last pod, there are three teams that are safe now. Sam, Zach, and Donnie. They're in the playoffs. They're locked up. So it's really down to a four-team race for three spots. The, the next two teams, I think, with... Sorry, Greg is locked in. Donnie is the one that's still alive. That's in the playoffs. So Donnie and Brad, I think, are pretty safe here. Um, especially when you look at Donnie's points. They've got, they've got 100 more points than the rest of this group. Even if they lost twice, I doubt they miss. Just based on how points are breaking down. So really, 
you're looking at three teams trying to make two spots. Now, Brad has a two-game lead on me. But if Brad loses out, I have currently one more fantasy point than he does. If I won out and Brad lost out, points would technically go to me for now. It's going to depend on these two weeks. But we would both finish 7-7. Seven and seven. Brad, this week, has a pretty tough matchup in Sam. He's predicted to win. But Sam is currently our, our one seed and significantly looks to be locked into a bye. It's possible he could lose this week. And then the, the one in between here is Forrest. So Forrest currently has a very nice matchup versus you this week, although one of your wide receivers out the gate outperformed by eight points. So Forrest has the least amount of points in this whole conversation by about 150. So he needs to win out to be safe. If he loses one or two, and I win one or win two, then it would be forced out and me in. It's really close right now. I drew a pretty bad matchup with, with Donnie here because they've got a pretty good team. Uh, didn't help their kicker put up 15 points on Thursday Night Football. That's a little rough. But there is an outside chance here that I go 2-0 and, and, and put a lot of pressure on. At 1-1, one and one, I would need a forced and Brad lose out to, to make that even. It's getting tight here at the end. What situation makes it? Which what situation is like makes next week the most compelling? Is there a situation where there's three teams so, fighting for two? Yes, most compelling here would be a Forest loss to you this week, putting him at six Possible. and seven. Playing a, all Packers. A Brad loss to Sam, going seven and six. And then me getting a win this week versus Donnie. That would put me at six and seven. So basically all three of us would need a win to be safe. Or then it comes down to points and tiebreakers and a bunch of crazy stuff. That would be the most kind of compelling. And also it does push Donnie down too. Donnie would also be seven and six if I win. So you would have four teams there. If Donnie were to lose out, let's say, and, and Forrest wins out, then there is a small chance that Donnie misses playoffs in a scenario mm. like that. So that would be very interesting for overall standings. If somehow Donnie just chokes out the way and misses playoffs, then now you've got a real big battle for one, two, three down at the end here. It sucks not being involved in, in football playoffs. It's the worst. But know what? It We're going to be playing spoilers. I love it. Fuck it. The constellation is going to not be, there's going to be something there, but not as fun as like really going forward in, in the playoffs. I think I'm, I'm rooting for chaos. As Rob knows, I always root for chaos. Mm-hmm. Like basketball, we're taking pretty... Iowa plus six and a half. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Just the plus six yes. and a half, just the chaos. Um, <laughs> what a line. I, in basketball, everything's kind of like stagnant right now. I, I don't, we're, I think we have an idea of who's who. Zach is making some trades. Rumor has it that there's been some blank checks uh, for Jokic, which is interesting. There have been. If there's ever a player, if there's ever a player to have the record for most money traded for, I think he would probably be at the top of the list. That oh, yeah. that's currently with CMC, right? I think McCaffrey was the highest at 65 or whatever we traded him for. Traded Technically, him in for. the auction, yeah, um, he did so get I, bid up though to 80, I think, or what did? 80 bucks, I think, was around where Jokic got capped. No, yeah, he got capped at 72. So that's why it's, so, I think he could be, like, yeah. the money that, if he was to trade him, could be a lot because 
to keep mm-hmm. him is still really cheap going into going into next year. But yeah, so overall, like basketballs, I think we're seeing the first person like getting ready to trade, which I don't blame Zach. If, if you don't, if you're not going to have it, either go for it in baseball and football, or start to think about next year. And then I think looking at Sam's team right now, he is winning, so he's up seven two. We'll see if that holds. But again, mm-hmm. I think you're at that spot where when do you really start to, to make trades? And he already sold Gobert, which I think was a great deal for him. You look at Zach's situation, we're five weeks into about a 20-week season, and he's already 10 games back, nine games back. Unless you can point to some major injuries on your roster, it's still a hole to climb out of, right? And, and you look at Sam, too. He's having a good week. It's first the eighth-place team. He's, uh, he's still seven games back. So, yeah, you'll, you'll make up ground on Donnie, but I don't know how much ground you're making up on Gerbert or on the rest of us at the top. Um, so it, it makes sense to sell and our money just opened up, right? So we have access now to the 24, 25 funds. That's why blank checks are getting written. Cause you can make that back up later on. I may have gotten a few texts being like, how happy are you that the, the money has opened up? <laughs> we'll, we'll see. This is going to, I'm really excited. I think the other thing we need to figure out is okay. Because now going into these baseball and football and, and basketball next year, mm-hmm. we have an increase in the keepers. So I think everybody needs to have a pulse mm-hmm. on what the keeper cost is going to be. So I think that's one thing that's maybe under undervalued right now. All right, let's yeah. get into the awards. We have, again, Planes, okay. Trains, and Automobiles, great movie. If you haven't seen it, you should probably get up from that rock you're on right now. Johnny, what is the, what, first of all, overall take of the movie. Okay, you said, you already said, what, is there a favorite part of this mm-hmm. movie that you just really enjoyed? I think the part, it's a little bit of a gag that's used a lot in comedy, but the part when Candy is, is singing his song and rocking out in the car and the cigarette, he, he whips it out the window and it flips back in, lights it back on fire, but Steve Martin just passed out in the front and does like the spin out and pull out and Martin wakes up and goes, hey, everything okay? And the whole car's on fire, leading to their roadside little fight with one another. I, I like that part of the movie a lot. What about yourself? One of them is the award, but when he has the interaction with the the rental car lady is like an all time classic for me. Like it's, <laughs> I remember my dad telling me that about that part. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, you have to watch this clip. And so I did. So I just, that movie is just a classic. I think like overall, just like watching candy and like how, mm-hmm. how unfortunate it is that he passed away and he was so damn funny. Like in the, in the, like the right. fact that he's like, sh- like selling, he's selling like rings, shower curtain rings as his job is hilarious Yo. to me. It was absolutely hilarious. When he's selling them all, when they need to get um, the scrap for cash at the train station, and he starts selling each one of those yep. as earrings or as like love trinkets or something, that's a great scene too. But um, my, what is the, what's the first award we got my, here? Before we get into it, oh, sorry, go no, 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 we we'll talk we'll, about. We'll, we'll, let's talk about the ending. So this whole movie is building up to the fact that Steve Martin starts realizing he's an uptight dick. And this guy, who early on you can tell doesn't want to go home, doesn't care to get home, has had this life trauma and he's just trying to make friends and he can't make friends because he's manic and crazy. So the movie ends with Steve Martin somehow first like getting on a, like a, not a subway car, but like an above, actually like above ground right. It's the train on the loop in Chicago. Yeah. He loops back to get candy. So that loop has to take what, an hour and a half, two hours to go through Chicago all the way around? Candy's still in... In the fucking subway station. So he gets him. He's like, why don't you come with me to my house? He's like, okay. 
So you figure, oh, that everyone's gonna be so happy. The, the movie ends with Martin walking in the door to this waspy, rich-ass white family where everyone's, oh, Papa, you're home, and giving him hugs. And then Candy walks in, and the last line of the movie is just John Candy looking at Steve Martin's wife and goes, hello, Mrs. Page, with a shitting grin on his face. And then they just start making out Steve Martin and his wife, and the movie ends. That's it. I'm like, wait, what? What is the... That's the, yeah, that, that the, is the climactic piece. It just ends. He's there for Thanksgiving forever. I also forgot that John Hughes did this movie until the end. I totally yeah. forgot. Like, he... He's obviously, if you don't know who John Hughes, also probably go fuck yourself. It's Friday. He did 16 <laughs> yeah. Candles. He did Weird Science. Mm-hmm. He did. He 80s, did 80s comedy um, legend. Breakfast Club. We have, there's yeah. going to be no short of us having comedies from the 80s with, uh, with him. Was he Ferris really Bueller too? Part where he might have been. I don't know. I don't know if he did. The I think like, he is. I think he's Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller. Yeah. His value percentage is up there. Crazy. <laughs> First award. Johnny. All right. So the, the first award is six bucks in my right nut. We're not landing in Chicago award. Six bucks in my right nut says we're not landing in Chicago. Great line. Candy's kind of passed out on this ride, looks over kind of half asleep and cockeyes Martin and, and drops this. So for me, this is going to be a, a bold prediction. And I'm going to be self-fulfilling here. I've got the mic. Uh, I'm, I'm betting on myself making playoffs. Uh, and next weekend, uh, uh, you and, and Forrest and I will be in Vegas. And I'm, I'm betting for this because I want us to be sweating out a, at the sports book on Sunday morning a, uh, a little bit of a purgatory uh, football uh, uh, kind of uh, angst as we go through it. What do you have here? I, I'm going to say I'm going like real football. I may have some money on this. I think the Niners are going to shit all over the Eagles shit all over them i think there's a lot of pent up anger from the nfc championship and not like getting a fair shot Mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of niners fans who are uh, niners who are like really reading and and seeing everything that eagles fans are saying and i think there's going to be a a blowout i'm gonna say it i think there's a blowout i may have some money on brock purdy over yards on iuke over yards on Kittle over yards. Kittle touchdown. I, I got money everywhere. You are very heavily vested in the Niners just coming in after all of last year's stuff where people were like, oh, we would have beat you with Purdy anyways. This defense since the Chase Young trade has been absurd. They have been trouncing people left and right. It is a problem. With the pass rush, I think Philly's banged up, and they've got Sunday Night Football the following week in Dallas, which I think means a little bit more to them than this game. I agree. I, I think that three-point line is low. I think it's really low. I, I would say this might be a double-digit win for the Niners. Other part of it, Lane Johnson, who's like their star, the Eagles star offensive lineman, may not play, which is a big deal. They have two mm-hmm. backups, on two backups at at linebacker who aren't playing or two, two backups that are playing. Sorry. We'll see what happened. I could be very wrong and chances are I probably will be wrong, but whatever, go for it. I want to see a shitload of points and, and I want it to be in their house and I want Eagles fans leaving early and booing. The Niners are also healthy right now, right? Which is not a late in the season thing. That's prototypical of being Niners. So everyone's healthy. Everyone's playing. You've got injuries here and there and yet you, you lost some guys last week too. But for the most part, you're relatively healthy. 
I think it's going to be a little bit of a payback game for you guys. I hope so. I hope so. All right, next one. Let's see if I can do an impression here on this one. You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks award. Welcome to Marathon. May I help you? Yes. How may I help you? You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. I gave this one to Ham, specifically Ham, because I shared some information with him like in a very non, in a very objective way. I was like, Mm -hmm. PFF is saying that the Steelers are a better team when they play Warren. He has, at the time, the most missed tackles and the most mm-hmm. like yards per carry from week six to that point. And he was mm-hmm. ranked like 33rd in carries in the league. I'm like, this guy is going to get more. And, of course, the following week, Matt Cannon is gone. They, throw for, they have over 400 yards total. And I get some fucking texts from him being like, oh, yeah, you didn't think Najee was going to be good, and Najee had his best game of the year, and Warren didn't have that great of a game. And so, you know what, Ham? You can wipe that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. <laughs> Phenomenal take. And we were riding Ham almost as hard as we ride Brad sometimes on that thread because he won't admit that what the Steelers are doing this year is one of the most improbable runs for a team that we've seen in a while in in the NFL. Like, their plus-minus is still garbage. It's, they're like a minus, I don't even know for sure. They're, they're in the minus, like, 30s or 40s with this team, and they're 7-4, and four, which is crazy. Uh, on my side, I, I'm taking Z- Sam and Zach here. I think they're going to get the buys. I think they're going to be just really happy with where they're at. I think they've got the best teams, and I think they're both going to lose in their first playoff matchups when the playoffs come around. They don't have very good Week 16 matchups if you look ahead, and I think they both go down so they can wipe that grin off their rosy fucking cheeks. That would be wild. Mm-hmm. That would be wild. That would be like heartbreaking if they did. Do they tank to not get the bye? <laughs> no. Because Sam, at this point, has to hope that Donnie gets the second bye or Greg gets the second bye, and Zach doesn't and loses first round, so he has a shot at second overall. But yeah, no, I, I don't think I don't think they're gonna take. <laughs> All right, last award. That'd be crazy. Last award is Larry Bird doesn't do as much ball handling in one night as you do in an hour. You play with your balls a lot. Do not play with my balls. Larry Bird doesn't do as much ball handling in one night as you do in an hour. Also, how dated this movie is that there's a Larry Bird reference, like an active, he was <laughs> playing Bird in 87. Uh, kind of funny. I have, I actually didn't know what to do for this one. Um, listen, unlike some of our, our friends here who um, root for a certain basketball team in the Los Angeles area, um, I, I can admit when a team is bad and needs to blow it up, the fucking Warriors need to blow it the fuck up. Blow it up. 
I'm sick of Wiggins. Uh, I'm sick of Kaminga. Kaminga is the worst draft pick the Warriors have made in some time. It is an awful draft pick. The guy can barely dribble. I hope they think of a reset. If I'm wrong about this year, great. Like, that's good for me. But, like, this team is, looks old. They look slow. They look discombobulated. Kerr's, like, losing some of his touch on, like, especially what happened with Moody, Moody the other night. This team doesn't lose 24-point leads to the Kings. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They did. I expect them to do a lot of, let's say, not ball handling, but they're going to be doing some trades, let's say. I think they're going to be trading some guys away, get some expirings, and then they're going to be really looking to doing having a new team in the new year. That's my take. You have a take, too, that Myers left because of something to do with this, where the young talent wasn't going well. I think the team is a, is a little hesitant to break up the legacy of Draymond, Clay, and, and Curry early. You think your take was he wanted to blow it up and he was told he couldn't do it, and that's why he was out? I think it's part that he, he gave Draymond the deal, right? As like a good mm-hmm. goodbye gift for Draymond. I think he left because I think he lost a little bit of like his um, authority, not because he had okay. anything he was doing wrong, but I think I think the ownership. You had like um, Joe Lacob has three sons that all work for the team, one of which is, has been the assistant GM for a long time. There, there's a lot of like really questionable things that I've heard, including the Kaminga pick, the Wiseman pick, supposedly mm-hmm. the well, Myers and Wanthus picks, supposedly. Also, I don't think yeah. Myers wanted to be responsible for trading Clay or Draymond, which I think if you ask a lot of pundits out there, they would say is the likely thing that they should do. Yeah. I'm trying to go back. I, I think there's a, a worse pick than Kaminga because they've had some bad first round picks, but for a lot of those years there, they were picking guys 30th, right? 20th. That's not different. But Ekpi Udo was a pretty bad pick at sixth overall out of Baylor in 2010. That's a pretty Udo. big miss. Patrick O'Brien at ninth in 2006 is pretty bad. Diogu yeah, at ninth now, in 2005 like is pretty bad. Years. Oh, Ike Diogu. I right. loved Ike Diogu. Go look <laughs> at Ike Diogu's. Junior Go look at Ike Diogu's Arizona State Club. Dude. I, yeah, I think the problem is, like, back then, I don't know. I was trying to look, like, Epe, Epe Udo was, like, in the ninth overall, wasn't he? Yeah. He always in this, like, yeah. middling picks. And, and Diagu, same thing. He was, like, ninth or 11th. I remember that. And I was, like, he was a solid player. But I'm doing good, this Good trivia question too. for um, you here. And, and people at home can play with mm-hmm. us on this. At, since 2000, the Warriors have drafted four people that have become all-stars. Can you name the four? Since 2000? That the Warriors drafted that were all-stars. There's three so the easy 23 ones. 23 years. I, I, I'm but who's the fourth? The fourth. I want to say Jason Richardson. Never an all-star, Jay Rich. But it's, it's the same Gilbert year count? Gil- they drafted Gilbert Counts. Gilbert Arenas, the it Mr. Irrelevant. Okay, I didn't, yeah. Because he didn't make it as a, he didn't make it as a warrior. He made it as a wizard. No, he, yeah, when he left, yeah. Um, That's how um, bad they've been at drafting. In 23 years, they've drafted three guys in the first or second round like, that have been all-stars. The, watch the Orlando Magic play and watch who runs that <laughs> yeah. offense. His, his yeah. name is Franz Wagner. And oh, boy. If any, any of those who remember, I was like ranting. I yeah. was like, get 
draft this guy. He is 19 years old. He is ready to play right now. He is perfect for this offense. He can distribute. He can guard. And he would be right now looking at two years, three years later, he would be the perfect fit. And, like, it, it yep. pains me every time I have to watch Jonathan Kamiga play basketball. It is painful. Anyways, that, that's my rant. There's so much more I could do on this. It, it's... Uh, I mean, I don't know. every I time like... you look at the Weissman one, too. You look, you can always go back and go, how did we mess up? But everyone, that, that draft was like, oh, yeah, that draft wasn't that good. Now I'm looking down and seeing Devin Vassell's in that draft. Halliburton's in that draft. Killian Hayes is even starting to turn around a Lamello. bit. I, yeah, Cole Anthony's in that. Isaiah Stewart's the, in that. Sadiq Bay. These the, guys the, are all Tyrese Maxey. They're all role players that with big roles now. Oh my god! The problem with that year, and I, that's why I'm like I'm not as like mad. If they were to skip on Anthony year. Edwards, then that's like a real issue. It was the COVID year, and they couldn't work guys out. They couldn't put guys against each other. Yeah, I guarantee you. Yeah. That if they were able to do a workout with with Clay and Steph and Draymond, do a, I, I can almost mm-hmm. assure you they would not have taken Wiseman. But at that time, you didn't really – you had to watch a guy from X feet away uh, work right, out. Right. I don't really blame them. That's a tough one. And they were also very close to getting that first overall pick. I think they hit pretty Sorry, well, though, we, on their Moody pick, to be fair. Moody's great, yeah. Moody came in, I Moody's think he great. was a sophomore or junior. He's, uh, mm-hmm. he's like he, – I think he is what he is. Like you're not, he's not going to make that jump yeah. to be like an all-star or anything, but I think he's definitely no. a serviceable like sixth, seventh man, which is mm-hmm. why I think they need to trade Wiggins and Kaminga, get this guy more minutes. Yeah. So uh, on, oh, Johnny. on the last kind of the joke here for the award, uh, on my end of Larry Bird ball handling, my award goes to Brad because of him tinkering with his roster, specifically with kickers. So much. So not only has Brad kept two kickers on his roster the vast majority of this season, he's ad drop kickers more than anybody by a factor of three. So the next highest person ad dropping kickers has only done it twice. And Brad has done it six times. I can say what I want. He's in fifth place overall. A lot of that is points against. I think he's second lowest or lowest points against, which makes some sense. But just amazing amount of love for kickers for Brad on his roster. It's this guy's propensity to have kickers and defenses on his team is outrageous. <laughs> the percentage over the years of roster spots taken up by those two positions is wild. And of course, going to make the playoffs because the teams they're playing have the lowest amount of points. He's the guy in the league that when the seventh round comes around, he's not taking a defense. Every year, without a doubt, he's it's the crazy. guy that other other podcasters about fantasy football make fun of. But yet, you know what? Here he is making the playoffs. He's Here going he is for it in the fourth playoffs. Place Brad. What do we yeah. call him? What do we call him in a text? Fifth, fifth place Brad. Fourth place Brad. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's quite picked up yet on my team name for this season, but uh, he'll get there. Johnny, any parting words for the purgatory as we go into the weekend? No, just stay glued. This weekend is big for football. And if it goes the way I think it does, then next weekend, the reason we put football last for all the fun and chaos, it should be a wild blast. Oh, we never got confirmation. What movie are we doing next week? It is a classic, and we're doing it live. Our first ever live podcast 
It is going to be Dumb and Dumber with a guest host, which we will not be naming, but you could probably guess who it is. Stay tuned and go fuck yourself. His name... Go, GFYF, it's a secret for everybody. GFYF, good luck, losers.